Uh, let's look in Isaiah. And we're going to be following forward from, uh, from last week as we continue to talk about the righteousness of God. Now what we discovered is the righteousness of God as we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen? In Christ. Not in self, but in Christ. There's an in Christ aspect. I loved how Andrea framed it this morning. The in Christ dimension. There is a dimension that we are called to live in, to walk in, to move in. It's time that folks, and, and, and unfortunately, in our Western ideology, see, in Eastern ideology, it's all, the culture is centered around the family, the community of the family. It's not just what I do because I want to do it, and, and it's isolated and separated from everybody else. But see, in the, in the, everything that happens and takes place is in the context of community, common unity. There's a dependence upon one another. Now, in the West, we have an individual mindset, ideology. And so it is, it is separate. It, it, is a, it is understanding that we walk into, and it's a culture that we walk into, and so we, we're talking about my destiny. We're talking about my wants, my needs, my rights, my, 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 my. Oh, my, 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 my. <laughs> but see, in the biblical context, we are meant and called together to be together. We need one another. And once we learn that, that God's intent is for us to walk together, we find such strength. You have strengths that I need. I have strengths that you need. And together we accomplish the task because we're not in competition with one another. We're in competition with hell. Amen? So we see flesh and blood not as enemies, but if they're not in the covenant relationship with the family of God, then they're the target. They're not the enemy. I want you to look here in Isaiah 58. And then we will get to Nehemiah, the fourth chapter. Isaiah 58 and 12. Father, come, we come before you and ask for your enabling power. Let the anointing flow. Let me, Lord God, get so separated and removed out of your way that your voice may be heard. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundation of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Those from among you. As we look here to the word of the Lord, we see that Isaiah was prophesying in the midst of Babylonian captivity. Israel, the covenant people of God, were just unwilling to walk in that relationship that God had in store for them. And as a result of that, after decades and decades and decades of turn, 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 they didn't turn. So now an, an enemy force has come in and has carried them into captivity. Now as they are in captivity, Isaiah has written this verse that God says, even though the temple has been destroyed, the wall has been torn down, 
there's hope. Even though there is a ravishing of the land and a destruction, there is hope. Even though things have happened contrary to the will of God, because it wasn't the will of God that they go into captivity, nor was it the will of God that the worship, nor the wall of, the, of Jerusalem be torn down. But I'm going to bring you back. And it's going to be rebuilt. And there's going to be a resurrection. So as we look here to this passage, I, I want you to note this. As we parallel that to the place that we are at, what we understand is that even when the Lord looked for a man to stand in the gap and hold up the hedge, and he couldn't find one, he raised one. He brought his son to this earth, and the, what man was not able to do, God the Son did. And the only way that could be accomplished is the verse we talked about last week, wherein Jesus became what he was not so that we could become what we were not in him. So he became sin, sin meaning missing the mark, forfeiting, losing oneself is what that, the whole context of the word sin, that's what it means. It means when we aim at a target and we miss it, but we not just miss it, we forfeit our inheritance because of sin, we forfeited our inheritance, and then we lost sight of who we were. We're just not, we, you're talking about losing your mind, that's losing your mind. You're just not who you are supposed to be when you are born into a world of sin, and you've missed the target, you missed the mark, you forfeited, and if you continue in that path, your body and your emotions and your inner being just does not bear witness with that. It's like you have lost your mind get back to God that's the inner voice of the spirit that's always trying to draw you to himself but righteousness is when we start to live as we ought to live we are accepted that word righteousness means that we are God approved we have been brought to that place that we can live as we have been destined and purposed to live. Now what sin had ravished, what sin had ravished, righteousness has restored. E.W. Kenyon writes this, the man who fails to understand righteousness has no approach to God. The man who fails to understand, a woman who fails to understand that they through and in Jesus, not separate from him, in Jesus, because my righteousness is not worthy, it's not going to accomplish, but I'm not in me, I'm in him and he is in me. I'm, I'm walking, you are walking, church. If you are born again, you have given the rights and the access to the open door of heaven, and you are now in a new dimension. This is good news. So all that we have is not sourced from us, and all that we see is not all there is. Something supernatural happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ died. Now the door into heavens and to the heart of the Father, it was that doorway represented by the veil of the temple. It wasn't torn from bottom to top. It was torn from top to bottom. Now I got access. 
The enemy would love nothing more for you to never gain sight of that heavenly access. And see what unrighteousness brings and the very enemy of faith is unworthiness. Unworthiness. If I only measure my worthiness by my religious actions and my works and my earning structure, I will never experience the worthiness in Christ. But once I have accepted in and through and by faith that I'm no longer rejected, I reject rejection, and I accept acceptance. I reject unworthiness, and I accept worthiness. I, I, I'm not alienated and separated anymore. I'm, I, I, I wasn't born with an alienated mind in Christ. I was born in this world with an alienated mind that kept me separated from God. But once I stepped into Christ, come on now, once I stepped into Christ, now I've got an alignment that is taking place. Anybody ever had your, your car out of line? You let go of the wheel, guess what? That thing will turn into the ditch depending on how much uh, it's out of line. But let me tell you, when you come into Christ Jesus, what happens is that now your mind is aligned. And even when you take your hands off the wheel, it's going to stay on the road. Well, it's a measure of, it's, it's, the, it's the knowing of my understanding. It's the knowing of my understanding. I'm not half saved. I'm wholly saved. I'm not half done. I know some of you are thinking, man, your bread's only half baked. I understand. I'm figuring this thing out. You're figuring this thing out. But if once we come to the knowledge that we are complete, that what Christ did was enough and it was, it was final, it was finished. Now, that brings a measure of excitement because too very often I have lived in a place looking for what God will do. God will do this and God will do that. One day, one day, one day, oh, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be glorious. I say that day is today. I say that it's already done. Now, I have to bring along my understanding by revelation of the Spirit keep on the, the path and as God brings me into those places my understanding is awakened by the revelation of the spirit to say hey you're, you're wanting God to fight a battle where he's already won the war <laughs> the flag's been raised <laughs> look back 2,000 years ago you see the flag the flag's raised it's it's done it's complete it's to it's finished Nothing more need be done than what's already been done. It's, it's complete. Now we're going to bring our understanding. Oh, Holy Spirit, let us see. Bring our understanding into alignment. And then once we bring our understanding into alignment, the Lord spoke something to me in prayer. He said, I want to entrust the riches of my kingdom. I want to entrust the riches of my kingdom 
but I cannot entrust to those I don't trust. See, it's not that the blessings of God are not available. Let me say it this way. The Lord will entrust his riches to those he trusts. You would not give your, tod your toddler a knife or a revolver. And if you would, you're mentally off. I'm just telling you. You need to seek some help. Because what's going to happen when they have those weapons in hand? They're going to hurt themselves. They're going to hurt themselves. And so you got to teach them. You got to walk with them. You wait on their level of maturity. You bring them into a place where, okay, now we understand. It's not that God didn't have things available for us, but you're not going to give your car keys to your five-year-old. As much as they are convincing they can do it, they're not quite ready to get out on the interstate. Or even back the car out of the driveway. It's like I understand and I appreciate the zeal, but that's not, you're not quite ready for it. And so God our Father knows what we are able to do, and we're not pushing it off to another day. I believe God's going to do a quick work in these days. I believe the Lord is going to open our eyes, and in a moment there's revelation downloads that are here right now that God's going to say, look, all of that stuff you've gone through, that journey you've been on, that wilderness wandering, let me tell you, it's for now. It's for this day. Let's go ahead and part this Jordan and step on in. Let's go ahead and step over into that other side and begin to walk in the fullness now see once we come to those places Isaiah says here speaking to the nation of Israel Judah he's saying there's coming a day where all those waste places are going to be restored And so those from among you. See, every generation has been commissioned with the ministry of reconciliation because we've been reconciled. And the revelation that's coming down from the throne room of the Lord is a revelation that church, we're reconciled. We are reconciled to the Lord and thus now we have been commissioned to go and proclaim this ministry and this calling of reconciliation so those from among you you just thought it was the preacher you thought it was the the pastoral staff no it's all of us in fact, uh, our, if you are part of the fivefold ministry, teacher, preacher, prophet, evangelist, you uh, are called to equip the saints for the work of ministry. You know what my job is? Is to find your job and empower you to do your job. Amen? So it's not just us, and it's not a spectator sport. It is a knowing, it is a knowing that I have a place in the body of Christ. So those from among you, it's a commissioning. And the Lord has commissioned the church in these last days. See, here's the part of reconciliation I want us to get to. I want you to look there in Nehemiah, the fourth chapter. What are we called to do? We are called to the power of the Lord Jesus Christ 
to build the old waste places. To build the old waste places. In Isaiah 58 and 12, a lot of translations that you read, it will read waste places as broken down walls. Broken down walls. Now, what we see in the, in the historical timeline is that Ezra had already gone ahead and brought a group, and they rebuilt the temple. It took several years in order for that to happen. They rebuilt the temple. What was the temple represented? It represented the worship of that nation. It represented the place where God said, as you bring the Ark of the Covenant in, I'm going to meet with you. It was their hub, their national identity. They were Jehovah worshipers. They, they worshiped the one true God. And they would gather there in Jerusalem three times a year, and they would worship the Lord. It was their symbol of worship. Amen? And then the enemy comes in because they would not continue in relationship, and that worship center was destroyed. Now Ezra has come in at the time that God had appointed and he resurrected that, that temple and so now they have worship. And news comes to Nehemiah and in the news that comes to Nehemiah said yes, the inhabitants of Jerusalem are over there but the wall is torn down. See because worship shouldn't be a place where we have an exchange with God. But that wall represents protection. And what protects you and I from the unworthiness that keeps us out of faith? It's the righteousness of the Lord. It's our understanding of the completed work of Christ. Wouldn't you just love to live out a day in the perfect peace of God and not be troubled by the things and the knowledge of your failures, your fears, and your frustrations? Wouldn't it be a beautiful thing to, to walk knowing that you are not alienated from God as a child of the Lord and that the Lord as I said Wednesday night God not only loves you but he actually likes you he, he likes you wouldn't you love to stop the recorder in your mind the rewind and play the rewind and play you're worthless you're no good you'll never amount to anything nobody likes you nobody's ever going to to accept you you are rejected you are marginalized you are a victim when you love for that recording to end and then you push play on a whole other uh, all other narrative and that narrative is, is I'm loved I'm accepted God has a plan the Lord is on my side if God be for me then who and what can be against me mm. See, what we're doing is we're reconciling our right now mental space and existence to where we should be, could be, and God desires us to be. It's just one step out of self into the name that is above every name. 
Now, as we look here, the waste places, the waste places. Look there, Nehemiah, Nehemiah, if you will, 4. Let's, let's look at verse, verse 6. So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. How many know that half-righteousness is not what we need? But notice here, the people had the mind. They made up their mind, we're going to get this thing done. As Crossroad made up their mind, we're going to get this thing done. I mean, we're going we're to get there. We're not going to be satisfied until you're free, you're free, you're free, I'm free, everybody's free. We walk in freedom and liberty, and everywhere we go, the people say, I don't know what they got going on up in there, but let me tell you what I do know, that person's free. I, I knew them when, and they're not what they were when I knew them. There's somebody else, something else going on up in there. Something has changed. I kind of like being in their presence now. I hated them before, but man, they just like they come in, there's like a darkness leaves the room. There's nothing but light. I don't know what you call that thing, but I like it. Now it happened when Sambalit, Tobiah, the Arabs, and the Ammonites, and the Astadites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored, and the gaps were being beginning to be closed. When the gaps of our understanding start to be closed, now the devil just sat down and gave up. He became very angry. Well, get on back and waller in your anger. I don't care. Because my, my commission is to ensure your freedom. So I, I'm, I'm just all the way up to here and beyond with anything that doesn't look like freedom of Christ. In fact, I, I may just start calling it out. Don't get offended at me. I'm not talking about a corporate level. I'm talking about an individual level. I don't want to see you continue to walk in freedom. I wouldn't wish that on my children, and I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. I want to see you free. I want to see you so free that you're walking in freedom that all you can think about is the fact that I'm free and now I've got to rescue somebody else from this bondage that they're in because God did for me what he wants to do for everybody else. We need to be free. So just get ready. There's always a, something going around. And all of them conspired, notice this, to gather to come and to attack Jerusalem and do what? Create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to, to our God. Because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. In other words, I see you, and if I recognize you, I ain't letting you in. Amen? And Judah, notice this, and Judah praised, worship, praised, said, the strength of the laborers is failing. There is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversary said, they will neither know nor see anything who will be coming to their midst and kill them cause, and cause the work to cease. So it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came that they told us ten Times. Ten times. You can turn the news on and find ten 
times how often you're going to die. From whatever place you turn, and they will be upon you. Therefore, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I sent the people according to their families, with swords, with spears, and with bows. I'm going to stop right there. With swords, with spears, and with bows. Now, the condition of the waste places here, I want us to look at. I want us to look at. I want you to notice here, we're going to call we're going to call these waste places trauma okay we're going to call these waste places today trauma now a week from wednesday clayton yeck is going to be ministering and he's going to be talking about trauma and then that's going to launch a trauma support group on wednesday night so it's going to be a time it's not going to be a teaching it's going to be a it's going to be a time where you come together and just layer after layer begin to peel back the things that possibly you have encountered and allow the holy spirit to minister to you in the context of a safe group setting it's going to be in conjunction with our wednesday night service but just a little bit of study and i told clayton this morning whatever i mess up you go fix okay because i am a and I, I'm a crackerjack box psychologist. <laughs> so now you know, I'm just confessing my fault. But what you can discover is that what man has discovered, because man's discovery is God's creation. We have been made to operate in a cer certain level. Carolina Leaf, one of the uh, leading Christian psychologists, she said, we are pre-wired for love and for optimism. We are pre-wired for love and optimism. So if we're not living in love or in optimism, guess what? Our body's telling us something's wrong. We got to get this thing fixed. Let's get this thing fixed. Let's get this thing fixed. But we also discover that, you know, I know that we've said and scientists say that women use both sides of the brain and men only use one side but you know you have a you have a, a a conscious mind a subconscious mind and an unconscious mind you have a conscious mind you have a subconscious mind and are or, or in, in an unconscious mind now in your in your conscious mind that's where your actions your willpower your plan your analysis take place we only use that about five percent of the time and the rest of it is an autopilot our subconscious mind kicks in I used to work a job 60 70 hours a week and it was an hour away from home I would get up in the morning and I would take off on my trail to work it took me 50 minutes to get there and I would pull into the parking lot and I would think how did I just get here anybody know what I'm talking about you're sleep deprived you got little babies screaming all hours of the night you're getting up and you're driving and you're like this was a miracle I know it how did I get here your subconscious was working thank God but see deep below your deep deep down in the lower part of your conscious is your unconscious 
And that's where trauma hangs out. And trauma influences your subconscious. And so trauma is physical or emotional injury. Emotional trauma is the end result of events or experiences that leave you feeling deeply unsafe and often helpless. Trauma. And the reason I can say, tell you that I can identify with this, if you haven't heard my story, mother and father divorced when at a very early age, mother remarried, I had a very an abusive stepfather who abused me in every way possible, physically, emotionally, sexually. My father, who was going to be my escape plan because I love my dad and I wanted to, I wanted to move out. My father, at 14 years of age, took a 38 revolver, put it to his head, and ended his life. I came out, uh, when Andrew met me, I was so messed up. Self-hatred, self-abuse, I mean, if it, if, snort it, smoke it, drink it, didn't make me any difference, it was the life that I was living. But what I did not know is that all of those conscious actions that I was taking was built into a belief system of worthlessness that stimulated from a trauma that took place. A trauma, an emotional injury was defining who I was. And so with that, here are the children of Israel and they are there rebuilding the strength. And all of a the sudden, their energy, the strength is failing. Their energy is drained. What happens is the aftermath of trauma, energy is drained. Concentration, there was so much rubbish that was taking place. See, they're trying to put the righteousness, the worth, the value, the who they are back into place. Let me see, you don't even know when they come up on top of you. Have you ever been in a place where you're just like, I don't know what's wrong, but I feel something's wrong, and I, I can't see it, but I know in my blind spot the enemy is there out to... And you feel unsafe. Unsafe. It's going to kill, kill them and cause the work to cease. Programming. It's been more than 10 times that the enemy told me I wasn't going to make it. And usually the closer I get to the breakthrough, the more, the louder his voice tries to get. Doesn't matter where you go, where you turn, whatever place you're in, you feel trapped. Trapped. Mm. But Nehemiah heard all of that. He said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to set a guard at the opening. We're going to set a guard at the lower part. We'll set a part guard at the lower part. So when trauma in our hearts, folks, as I bring an application, as trauma tries to lift up, how do I know trauma's there? Trauma starts saying, you're unsafe. That's not the voice of God. Let me, let me just tell you, if you can hear the voice of fear, you can hear the voice of truth. If you can hear the voice of a lie, you can hear the voice of truth. If fear is speaking to you, let me tell you, you can hear the voice of truth. So Nehemiah set a guard. 
the openings in the gateways. See, a lot of you, the righteousness is already complete. Let me just say, a lot of you, if you're a born-again child of God, the wall has already been built. But you have the right to the gate. You can let that door be open or that door be closed. It's not that God is going to come down and do it all over again. He's already done it. You're understanding. The understanding being complete. But he made the petition before God. And he said, oh, Lord, help us. Now what do we do? They got back to work. What were they doing? They were continuing on the journey. They had their mind made up. I'm not stopping here. I will not stop until I'm completely and totally free. Until all of the past is gone and the trauma has been healed completely. Now, I've got three days of messages, but I'm going to start to draw it in. I shared with you a few weeks ago how that I was in a, in a, in a setting and just a, a moment we were presented a need in this meeting that I was in. And in just a moment, I felt this overwhelming understanding of generational traumatic things that were happening to a certain group of people. My heart was so broken and I felt in those moments such a deep, deep desperation with the deliverance of these individuals who had been hurt emotionally physically, sexually. And I said, oh God, feel so hopeless. How will they ever, ever find freedom? What I was feeling was a spirit of intercession. And the Lord in that moment said, son, in a moment, I can take all that away. Now, we went to Bibles and Burgers yesterday, and our street evangelist, Tim, was just pumping me up with all the good testimonies he had. And I said, Tim, you're preaching my message tomorrow. And so I'm going to punctuate this service, but I'm going to ask Tim to come up. And, and we're going to give an altar call in just a minute, and he's going to help me pray. Come on, come on, Tim. I want you to share just a little bit of, you mind sharing your journey? I want you to, I want you to tell them just from your war experience and what God had, had done. I thought you were kidding when you said you were going to call me up here. No, no, no. So I want you to, I want you to give you something to hang on to. Come back here. Come back here and hang on. Uh, Keep that microphone up close. So I get kind of excited when I talk about this because this ain't my story. This is God's story. Um, uh, I was in Iraq for 13 months, and uh, I know there's a lot of veterans in here, so you, you know what I'm talking about when I talk about this. So when uh, you go to combat, you do a lot of things that um, 
you're expected to do and 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 you hurt people you you take people's lives and um that affects you as a human being because we're not supposed to do that and so when i got home i couldn't deal with it um uh it, it mentally just disturbed me um i couldn't cope with the knowing that i took god's creation and eliminated it off the face of the earth um and uh, a lot of veterans deal with that and um so they prescribed me a lot of medicine to take and I, so i could deal with it every day and um i uh in 2006 when i got out of the military i took those pills all the way every day every morning my family would remind me consistently did you take your medicine today because if i didn't i would destroy our house i would i would look down see a tear in my shirt i would see my shoes untied and this rage of that would just i would start getting mad and then i couldn't i couldn't stop it i would just be enraged and engulfed and just angry and just horrible and so last year around this time we went we were me and my wife were invited to a uh, a revival now mind you i've never seen hands being laid on people um healing anything like that never experienced it so we go to this revival it's a uh, jonathan shuttlesworth and it's in uh, rowlett texas and at church in the city and i get in there and i look around and i see what's going on and i'm like I'm like, what is going on? This is shenanigans. This is <laughs> where where did they bring me? And um, what kind of people? What's going on? You know, and and I I was never. I still, when when I went up to the altar, um, Jonathan asked. He had it was probably about the second week, and he had asked um, people to come up to rededicate their life or dedicate their life to the Lord, and. Um, me and my wife went up to the altar just to rededicate our life i wasn't going up there to be healed i've seen what he was doing and i was still yeah but i know i needed to get right with the lord because i had stepped back and i had backslid and um so i get up there and i i'm not a guy that looks like you could just walk up and touch him and um uh i'm i'm rededicating my life to the lord i have my hands in the air my eyes closed and i feel jonathan grab my hand and uh, I open my eyes and he's standing above me and it looks like he's staring into the depths of my soul. And I'm just kind of like, took back and he starts to speak my problem. He tells me the anger outbursts that I've had in the past and the anger that just rears up in my body is no more that Satan doesn't have that, that hold on me anymore. In Jesus name, you're healed. And when he done that, And when he done that, <laughs> I'd never felt anything like this in my life, like electricity fleeing from the tip of my life. I swear I thought my hair was standing straight up in the air. And man, it just, it changed me. It changed right then. God said, no more, Satan doesn't have this. And he took it from me. And um,
and that's 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 God. God did that. And I went home. I didn't tell my family or anything. I knew that I, God had healed me right there. Um, and mind you, this is last year around this time. <laughs> and from 2000, around the middle of 2005 till last year around this time, I took that medicine every day religiously took it every day I could not miss a day because I knew if I took missed it I was tearing something up or I was going to get angry over nothing so I went home and I stopped taking that medicine but I didn't tell my family I didn't tell them because I knew they would be like did you take your medicine what what are you doing so about 10 days later I told my wife I said I said babe I got to tell you something she goes what and I said um I said I haven't been taking my medicine ever since Jonathan used the power of God to heal me. And she goes, what? And I said, I don't need it. Like, I don't need it. And that was a, hey, that was a year. Um, I was taking about six psych meds a day. And you're not supposed to stop them cold turkey. You're not supposed to, because it will literally throw you off balance. And um, I quit, I just, I didn't need them. I flushed them down the toilet, I didn't need them. And I haven't taken them in over a year and a half. <laughs> Why don't you stay right here and you'll have me pray. I want you to stand, I want the worship team to make their way up right now. Tim, you didn't have to fake the fact that you were healed, right? There was, there was no pretending. There was no, I'm just going to keep doing this and I'm just going to keep stepping and I'm just going to keep, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep going. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to take away from, from faith, understand. But when God does something, he does it. And when it's finished, it's finished. And so the Lord, just like God delivered him from this trauma, we're going to believe God today to deliver you because we got a context of belief right here to say if, if the Lord if the Lord did it for Tim but did it for Mike he'd do it for any one of us any one of us I just declared the symptoms the, the things that are so deep down inside that you don't even know about that causes you to feel unsafe feel threatened you're blinded by your circumstance and you're saying I'm, I'm, I'm done with this Tim's going to help me this morning Pastor Angel's on his way up right now to help me Andrew's going to help me there's going to be some others who are going to help me pray I don't care if you're on staff here I don't care if you're on the stage or in the in the sound booth or in the in the balcony if you've got something you're just sick and tired of messing with and you're ready for God to heal you today's your day today's the day come on some of you are thinking you just showed up here today because you know you got invited no God divinely appointed you to be here right now to pray we're not going to force anything Tim will be the first one to tell you this is not us this is God we can't heal you. God's the healer. We're just going to pray with you and believe and let you begin to walk that out. Come on. Come on. There's more people. I'm going to wait on you. Doesn't matter where you're at. Be brave enough to believe. Come on. Come on. Be brave enough to believe. This. The, I'm not going to ask you about the trauma. The trauma is what the Lord is going to take care of. It could be T PTSD because of war. It could be because of the environment that you grew up in. 
I need some men and women of God, Lance, Chris, stay with us. Somebody follow Andrea, if you will. Jacob, come help me catch. Right now, I just want you to lift your hands right now. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we surrender, we surrender, we surrender right now. We surrender right now in the name of the Lord. 